I'm Erica Erlbeck, and this is the So You Talk to Cows podcast, a podcast for agricultural communicators or really anyone interested in the ag industry or improving their communication skills. One of the best things about being a professor is getting to see your former students doing amazing things with their careers. Jennifer Blackburn, now Jennifer Warren, was my student back while I was still working on my doctorate. Now she is crushing it as the VP of Communications for National Sorghum Producers. In her role, Jennifer hires interns nearly every semester and has hired lots of full-time staff as well. Jennifer's interns always grow in their communication skills exponentially. They develop into true professionals and they gain really cool experiences like going to Commodity Classic and other events while they're working there. Jennifer, you are a great communicator and we are so proud of the work we're doing. So give us a background of how you got to this point in your career. Yeah, so I started out during college, I worked for a bank, actually, Um, an individual that was related to my high school volleyball coach gave me an opportunity to to work there. And that was really good experience. um, And just something that I was able to do um, around my livestock judging schedule, and um, learned a lot about the banking business, but just really business in general. Um, From there, I wanted to get an internship that was more closely related to um, communications, which I was studying. And so that led me to apply for a handful of internships um, in the Lubbock area and then also some event internships with some of the the fairs and rodeos around Texas. Um, But I ended up working for National Sorghum Producers, which is where I work today. And um, I ended up working there for nine months before I um, graduated and then did a congressional internship post-graduation in Washington, D.C. with the House Agriculture Committee. Um, That was a really good opportunity to learn more on the other side of the process of what I was learning about on the producer and advocacy side, working for national sorghum producers, I was able to go and be on the opposite side of that coin and and work in Congress and and learn from those committees um, that we were talking to a lot on behalf of producers. Um, And with that experience, uh, that led me back to national sorghum producers. I've been there ever since then. I just actually celebrated my 13 year anniversary um, full time. Um, that didn't include the inter- internship time, but um, 13 years with NSP. I've done a number of different things. I've also worked for the Sorghum Checkoff, which is our sister organization, um, for about five and a half years. Um, so yeah, I've done a lot and um, worked worked up through the ranks there. And uh, that's led me to the position where I'm at today. Awesome. Very good. Um, So tell me about some of the things that you did early in your career that set you up for success at this point. You know, one of the things I don't think you can ever discount is just hard work. And that was one of the things growing up, you know, as a farm kid, um, I played sports. I was really involved in judging and showing and and, and other activities um, in my school and I, it was just really drilled into me from a young age that um, you can make up for a lot of differences sometimes with hard work. And so um, that was one thing I always wanted to show that I was uh, willing and able to work hard. Um, you know, learning and seeking knowledge outside of your expertise area, I think is really important. 
And I know a lot of that knowledge and, and things come with time. Um, you glean wisdom over time, but um, being able to step outside of your comfort zone and and learn about what others are doing um, in your industry, I just think makes you a more dynamic leader um, and the ability to step in and fill in when, you know, uh, holes need to be filled and, um, you know, maybe short on, on staff at a certain time period or um, just, just being a, a good team player. And uh, I think that goes a long way. And, and showing what you can do. Very good. You have supervised several interns, several, many <laughs> interns in your 13 years. You've also supervised um, and hired a lot of different employees. So tell me what are some things that you're looking for on a resume when it comes to hiring somebody? You know, I think giving giving back in that way and mentoring um, young individuals um, trying to to make a career in this industry or advance themselves is one of the most rewarding things that I've been able to do um, in my role at National Sword and Producers in the checkoff. Um, and I think when when looking at those individuals, just those who want to better themselves, um, and and. So I think that goes a long way, um, initiative um, in that aspect. But also one of the key things that I look for is um, involvement outside of just going to school. Because I think in life, we have to balance so many things, um, whether that's our career, our kids, our you know family dynamics, or our side um, hustles, or, or whatever that may be. There's so many different aspects of life. And you know, when an a intern applicant walks in and, and shows me that they're doing something besides just going to school, um, that just shows a lot of initiative on their part and really, to me, sets that person apart maybe from those who are just attending classes. So that that's one of the main things that I look at. Good, good. I love that you're saying that. When Once you've hired somebody and, and they're kind of early in their career or their internship with you, um, what are things that you like to see them doing um, to, to get their feet wet and then just immerse themselves in, in your workplace? I think back to kind of when I first started, um, you know, you feel like you kind of get knocked down a peg um, sometimes when you get some of that initial feedback. And I think just being willing to learn and um, knowing that it's not personal and that, um, you know, there's different styles and different workplaces uh, and just being willing to improve yourself. Um, going back to initiative, that goes a long way. Um, you know, there are going to be things that you're assigned to do. Um, but being willing, you know, when you have downtime and, and you get something done, going and saying, what can I do next? Or, you know, how can I help you today? Or, or things like that. That says a lot versus just, you know, maybe sitting at the desk and waiting for that next assignment. Um, and then going beyond the role that that's asked of you. If, if you do have, you know, completed a project and you see someone in the office that maybe needs some help asking if, if you can, if you can help with that or, um, you know, and one of the other things I always encourage interns to do is, um, don't, don't stay in your bubble. Don't stay just at your desk. Um, I mean, there's a balance in, you know, talking around the office all the time and actually getting your work done. But I like to see interns that want to interact with the rest of the team and will glean that wisdom from other individuals besides myself, because, 
it just enriches your experience as an intern. Um, you know, just that knowledge and and that experience that you gain is so much more valuable if if you're doing more than maybe the communications roles that are asked of you. And, you know, at our internships, um, we've always tried to give those individuals an opportunity to learn more than just the communications things. They're learning how to use a printer, how to use the mail machine, how to ship things, the business aspects and things that are valuable in a workplace setting. Um, and no matter if they're going to be working remotely or in an office, you know, those things are important. Um, how to do a mail merger or whatever the case is. There, there are so many things that just make you better if, if you learn those. And so um, that's one of the things that I've always um, encouraged our, our individuals to do as well. A stinking mail merge. That's the bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not always as, re as relevant, but I still use it. I'm, I'm thankful I know how to do it. Um, but yeah, there's there's those things that come in handy sometimes. <laughs> I have to do it six times a year and I have to Google how to do it every time <laughs> I do it. <laughs> um, so in your job now, I mean, you're the communications director for a national commodity organization. Um, and with that comes some big challenges. The communications business is changing. The ag business is changing. Um, so what's your take? What are some of the biggest challenges with your job? You know, Erica, I think the foundational aspects of communications are the same. Um, knowing your audience and and you know, choosing those right methods to um, communicate and, and all of those basic things. But the way we communicate and the mediums in which we have communicated, um, they're growing. They're not only changing, but growing. We're, we're being asked to do more things um, than, than ever before. And I think um, that challenge of not only staying relevant um, with your audience, um, but also adapting to those individuals and their needs. And, and it's not a one size fits all. It's certain audiences and even certain individuals in those audiences um, want to be communicated with in different ways. Um, and, and, you know, as anyone knows, and anybody who works in, in digital advertising and things like that, you're competing for that individual's time. Um, whether that's on Instagram, if they're in email or text messages, um, you're always competing for their time against something else. And so I really think it's um, adapting and changing and, and knowing who your audience is and how they want to be communicated with um, and doing that in a way that's efficient because we can do a podcast, we can do social, we can do all of the things, but if you're not reaching who you want to in the most effective way, um, you know, that you're just spinning your wheels and spending time that is not efficient for um, one, we're a, we're a small organization and have a small team and, and resources only go so far. So being efficient in that and, and finding the best way to communicate to our audiences is, is one of the main challenges I see. Good. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is just a different way to reach my students. Yeah. You know, and, and others could benefit from this, but, but yeah, that's the main thing. Like, I know that they like to listen to podcasts, so I'll give them a podcast. Right. I mean, I have friends that love podcasts. They listen to podcasts all the time. I'm not a podcaster. Yeah. At yeah. All. I, I just, I cannot focus on a podcast and focus 
on something else. Um, so that's just not me, but you know what, that's okay. Um, everybody, like I said, communicates in different ways. And so, yeah. Exactly. What are some of the new or innovative ways that you are using to promote the sorghum industry these days? So one of the the areas that I think our industry has really grown and, and when people think about, you know, producer and commodity organizations, I think uh, for a long time, it's really focused on that farmer and we still are. That's the foundation of our industry. That's who our members are um, and, and who we are um, striving to to make things better for. Um, one of the the fastest growing segments of our industry is, is that consumer audience. And so we've been doing some really neat things in that space of um, communicating with consumers, um, making sort of sort of relevant to them. Um, and I'm not as directly involved in this, but it, you know, it's as part of our industry as whole, but the checkoff is really doing some neat things. Um, we have a Google partnership right now where um, we are doing ad retargeting, video targeting, um, all of the, the assets and the resources that Google offers, which, which is really profound um, and their ability to, to target audiences and, and make headway in those spaces. Um, but reaching consumers and connecting with them, um, I know our impressions and reach with that has really um, gone up. And so driving that consumer awareness um, through some of those digital assets and technology that we do have at our disposal these days, um, that's something really cool that we're doing here lately. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And so yeah, that's that's a pretty technologically savvy way to promote the industry. And there's just, there've been a lot of change. I mean, you've only been working 13 years, but there's been a lot of changes that have happened in the last 13 years. Um, lots of evolving in the communications industry, but there are some classic things that I'm sure you do that always work and have worked since you, you got started in the communications business. What, what are some of those things that you do? Yeah, I think, um, you know, going back to those communications basics and, and maybe this is, um, you know, our industry being agriculture and farming, um, just listening to people and, and seeing what they want um, and, and forming genuine connections there's there's so much in the communication space that happens behind a screen nowadays, um, but that cannot replace face-to-face um, -face connections in, in my mind. And, um, you know, there, there is a ton of work that we do to communicate to individuals, and we may never meet them in person, but I personally always find it better when I do have that face-to-face -face interaction with someone and develop kind of that that relationship and it just means more um, with that message that you're sending to that individual. Um, one of the things that Tim really encouraged me, Tim, our CEO um, for the association in Chekhov, when I first started, he always um, reminded me to think about what my dad would say, my dad being a, a farmer himself. And so I've always had that in the back of my mind of, you know, how he would think about um, some of the things that we're doing. And, you know, that's not to say that all of the farmers in our industry um, always agree with the direction or some of the investments that we're making. Um, but in the end, our hope is that they can see the benefit that it provides to the industry as a whole and hopefully to their own, own bottom line. 
Um, but that's something that I've always I always kept in mind and, and has kept me grounded um, in the communications that I do. Um, I would just, I would be remiss if I didn't plug in. Um, knowing how to write well and edit never goes out of style. Um, everything that we do still requires good writing. And so I think that is something that is important. Um, another thing is, I think in ad communications, there's always the underlying kind of joke that I'm a communicator, I'm not a math person, or I don't do numbers, and you know, people joke and everything like that. Data drives decisions, and paying attention to the data, I think, is important. So that's something that we always fall back on, um, and and what we do, and, and driving, you know, what we say and how we say it, and when, and all of the things. Um, and then I think it's important to um, to invest in yourself while also investing in those around you and, and that next uh, generation, those upcoming leaders. Um, just one of those things that um, I've noticed in my career, just making sure that you make time to invest in yourself. Um, I've had one organization my entire career. And so I think particularly for me, not having some of the exposure um, with, uh, with other roles or responsibilities outside of the sorghum ministry, that's been really important. So I would just encourage people to continue to invest in themselves because um, it's easy to get complacent and, and just, you know, really, um, you know, snug in your role, but um, investing in yourself is important. Awesome. That is great advice. And uh, now I'm going to do the lightning round and it's five questions, quick, real quick answers, but kind of fun questions as well. So first question, you travel a lot. What is something that you always have in your carry-on bag with you? Uh, (laughs) My carry-on bag? Well, I pack everything in my carry-on because I do not check bags. So maybe that's my first tip. Uh, my boss always says a check bag is a lost bag. Um, so I pretty much have everything with me that I could possibly need. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good. Where's your favorite vacation spot? Oh gosh. Um, I love to travel anywhere outside of the United States. Um, if I had to pick one in my past, um, I loved Ireland. Um, it was just beautiful. And maybe that's because I grew up in the desert of Eastern New Mexico and it's so green there, but, um, yeah, anything with, uh, green and animals and water is great. (laughs) Awesome. Good. What's the best, uh, book you've read or a movie you've seen lately? Hmm. You know, oddly enough, as a communicator, I don't read a lot of books either. <laughs> don't. Yeah. Um, but I, I love movies. Um, so I'm going to say, I can't remember the exact name of the movie, but it was the one about um, Nike and how uh, oh, it came. Yes, Air. Yeah. Um, how that came about and their partnership with Michael Jordan, um, how that kind of came about and, and how the franchise grew from that point. That was a fascinating movie that I didn't know the history about. I loved that movie. Yeah, that's, I would say the same. That's lately, that's the best movie I, I've seen. Um, what is uh, something that you wish you were good at? <laughs> Um, singing. (laughs) I've always wished I was a better singer. (laughs) 
That's the last person I asked that question. She said the same thing. <laughs> she would <have> sing. <laughs> and then uh, last question, uh, what is something that you wish 20-year-old Jennifer knew? Oh, man. So many things. <laughs> <laughs> um... man. I think probably, I mean, there's a lot of things I could choose, but one of the things I think is um, better understanding uh, personal finances and investing at an early age um, and really um, paying attention to that and how that plays out over the course of your career too, and taking advantage of, of those opportunities. You know, I've always invested and, and done those things, um, but really, really diving into it and uh, setting yourself up for success uh, really early on um, and, and going above and beyond in that way. I think that would be something that I would change. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I was dumb with money in my younger days. So that's a great tip. That's all the time we have. But thank you, Jennifer, for sharing your insight with us. To learn more about National Sorghum Producers, go to sorghumgrowers.com. So You Talk to Cows is produced by me, Erica Erlbeck, with production support from the Department of Agricultural Education and Communications at Texas Tech. For more on our degree program, we're available online. And be sure to follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn.